0: Hey, welcome to One Creative Act. This is a heartfelt conversation with purposeful dreamers, innovators, and community heroes who turn simple creative actions into their greatest adventures and biggest contributions to the world. I'm your host, Mary Lynn Jenkins. What effect can One Creative Act have on you, your family, your community, your city, The nation and the globe. What can come out of trusting that you have something to share through your own creativity? These are the questions we'll explore together. Our hope is that you'll walk away from every episode inspired to get into creative action and motivated to try something new, something you haven't tried in years or something you haven't done since you were a little kid. This podcast is an opportunity for you to discover or rediscover your creative spark. I'm so excited to be with you, so get your walking shoes on, get the car packed for a getaway, or snuggle up with a cup of coffee, and let's enjoy some time together. Welcome back! I am so excited to be here for An absolutely incredible season two. I've taken just a little over a month off from recording, and gosh, I have learned so much. One thing that I've learned is that I realized how much I miss y'all, and above all, how much I love this opportunity to invite incredible people, and you're all incredible, to come and share their stories, their creative steps that are causing a ripple effect, big or small, in the world. Above all, I want this season, season two, to be something that exceeds your expectations and really inspires you to recognize that your choices, your creative steps, they do cause a ripple effect. One Creative Act's mission from the very beginning has been to inspire creative action. But I've also gotten clear that there's more. And this season will be similar in that it will give you inspiration to create and connect. But it's also, um, there's something bigger. And that bigger is that this season is going to give you inspiration to serve and give. For the greater good. And um, I know that the minute that that word comes up, you know, a lot of us dip into, well, I don't have anything to give. What could I give? Or, oh gosh, somebody's asking me to give something. If you're listening, you have something to give with your hands, with your feet, your voice, your finances, or your talent. Today, the kickstart for season two, I am with the perfect beginning, the perfect beginning person. My guest is Lindsay Hoyt. Lindsay, to me, is larger than life, and I know she is going to be for you, too. But what I want you to hear is that she's just a person who said yes, and now the ripple is unbelievable in a nutshell she's a mama and i'm on a big mama kick right now i'm meeting more women more mamas in the world who are really really causing incredible impacts in the world this mama made a difference simply because she was listening to the conversation and the conversation was i don't like the school options (laughs) that i have to choose from for my kids So she said, you know what I'll do? I'm gonna start a school. This vision of starting a school and hearing for herself that this is what needed to happen, it became a reality. And it continues to be a growing, expanding, daily miracle. And I don't say that lightly. It is a miracle situation, what Lindsay has created. The name of this miracle is Cornerstone, Cornerstone Classical Academy. It was born in Jacksonville, Florida in the pandemic. Not a small task for anyone, even in a year, if things were quote unquote normal. And in this first episode of a two-part series, Lindsay shares her courageous, never quit story of why she did what she did and how it happened I want to share just a little bit about Cornerstone, although Lindsay does it beautifully. It's a charter school, so it has been created by the Florida Legislature and sponsored by Duval County Public Schools as a public school. But the difference is this school offers a classical education Cornerstone is guided by the classical philosophy of education in all subject areas. And Lindsay does do a great job of explaining this more today. But what I want you to hear from me from the very beginning is that a charter school is a tuition-free public school that is privately managed. It operates under a contract or a charter, and it's open to all children eligible who attend public school in the county in which it's located. This school cornerstone is an incredible place for learning. Bigger than that, it is an incredible place for developing kids to love learning. Next week for part two, we talk more about the impact on kids and what Lindsay is seeing right in the classroom. I was lucky enough, though, to see a lot of things firsthand. I was taken on a tour with Lindsay in preparation for this podcast episode. And I'm telling you what, when when you see a teacher put a question, a pretty complex question into a classroom and 15 kids all raise their hands to answer the question enthusiastically and articulately, on something like the history of robin hood i i honestly uh, i had to wipe tears from my eyes there is something really amazing going on in cornerstone classical academy in the classroom there so you don't want to miss next week's episode as well today you're going to get to hear all about the details of the foundation of the school and although year one just like any any startup, um, it was a challenge, you know. And Lindsay shares about about this very transparently and authentically. Lindsay, her team, and board, and her larger than life vision to make a difference for the next generation. It is now expanding this second year of full classrooms of enthusiastic students into something that, without a doubt. Will change the world. Here is part one with Lindsay. I hope you love today's episode. You are such a tiger mama, and that's different than a cougar mama, right? <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh well t- just to just to clarify when I when I say tiger mama a tiger mama is somebody who is out there looking and listening for what needs to happen for their children or for the the lives of children overall and they're not gonna stop at anything they're gonna they're gonna draw in the right thing they're gonna um they're not gonna stop at anything and that's what you've been Lindsay you've just been. You've been incredible in what what you have chosen to do and what you've chosen to stand in. And I wanted you to just start today with sharing, why did you do what you did?
1: Uh, well, thank you so much, Marilyn. I um, I am uh, humbled to share my story. And, um, you know, one of the, it was about eight years ago, and um, I had my, almost eight years ago, um, I had my first baby in Virginia. And even then my husband and I were thinking what are we gonna do for schools um, we couldn't we couldn't really uh, figure out the public school side uh, we were really disheartened by some of the things we were hearing and um, my mother-in-law taught um, as well and and she was kind of sharing what was going on so we thought that's just really not going to be possible for us um, to be able to to send our kids there and then the private school options either they weren't we felt like academic academically rigorous enough for our kids or our future children, even though they were a little bitty, um, or they just weren't affordable for us. So that was just kind of a conundrum that we had. So about eight years ago, like I mentioned, my husband went, um, on a tour of another classical academy, a classical school. Down in Southwest Florida, and he went on a tour where he saw children diagramming Latin sentences in sixth grade Latin that he couldn't even do in high school Latin. He said he walked into an art class where they're all sketching the Sistine Chapel in first Mm. grade. Every classroom had a class ambassador where they come came up. Shook his hand, looked him in the eye, said, welcome to the class, introduced themselves and said what exactly they were learning at the exact moment you were in their class. And these are adults that these children are talking to at every single room that my husband went into. He was just blown away by the decorum, the respect, um, what these children were learning. And so he calls me up and he said, you know, we have got to start one of these for our kids. Like this is the solution that we've been looking for. And I have a six month old. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Like, we don't know the first thing about starting a school. We don't know the first thing. We're not educators. That's a lot of people, you know, think, oh, well, you have to be in education to go ahead with this dream. That is not us. We are not educators. But that set us on a path, a long journey of learning more about classical education and then how to actually go about starting a school. And it became... Um, you know, my background, while it's not in education, all the elements that um, have been a part of my career, my experiences have really um, helped in this whole process. So um, I don't know if you want me to kind of share about um, kind of the founding of the school and and what started, but. Yeah.
0: Well, one question that I have already is, was your husband just prompted on his own and through conversation with you to go see that classical school in, I think you said Southern Florida, or was, I mean, I'm just curious what came up for him. I just want to go see what this is about. Or how did, how would you even, well,
1: he's fun. Cause he was not looking to go take a tour. Okay. He, he's in fundraising. <laughs> he's in nonprofit fundraising. And so when your donor says, jump, you say how high right. and his donor. So he was working for another, um, uh, organization at the time. And his one of his donors said, well, I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing, but I want to show you what I'm doing. And so then tells David, Hey, come take a look at this school. I want to show you. And of course that, you know, David's not really super interested. Um, but he's like, sure, of course I'll do it. I mean, I, I guess this will be cool. I don't really know what to expect. And then he comes out just absolutely wowed. wow. I mean, he could not get over it. And, and, you know, if you know, my husband, he's not super easily impressed. Uh-huh. Um, he's not like th- like this is incredible. Like he, he's somebody that, you know, he, he wants to, um, uh, you know, make sure he's very, st- oh, please just erase all that. Can you just erase all that? In my husband? Anyways. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't want it. He needs to hear like- it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, you know, my husband's somebody who, you know, he wants to be really sure of something. Um, and takes a long time to, you know, re- do his own research and find out all about something before he comes to, um, the belief in whatever it is. And so the fact that he calls me up five minutes after he leaves the school, It was like, bingo, like, this is it. I'm sold. And that was huge. And then he gets me on this, you know, we're watching videos all the time about it and finding out how to start it. And it just became more and more apparent um, that this is the path um, that we were supposed to take.
0: Wow. Yeah. I would love for you to share with people who are listening. What is, what did he see? You, You said a little bit of around what he saw, but behind that, what is the... I guess what is the the what is the why behind a classical school what is what is a classical school
1: so um classical education is traditional american education so it was started by the greeks and the romans 2500 years ago so think aristotle think socrates and all of our founding fathers were taught this way it is, um, there's kind of three phases, if you will, of classical education. So it's the grammar phase, the logic phase, the rhetoric phase. Grammar is where you're learning all the facts and the figures, um, and you're just memorizing. Logic is where you're using kind of critical thinking skills to understand kind of why. And the the, the rhetoric stage is where you are, and that's usually for the older students, that's where you're actually deciding what you believe and putting all those pieces together and really formulating your own opinion and your beliefs. Um, So it's a beautiful type of education Um, until about the 1920s, everyone in America was taught this way until progressive um, progressives kind of started taking over the educational space. This is how everything was. So think about your education, more your grandparents' education, Um, on steroids. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're learning all the major subject areas very deeply. So it's everything from math, history, rich history, science, philosophy, civics, geography, handwriting. I mean, we, we want our students to have beautiful penmanship. We teach cursive handwriting, which is not taught any I mean, at, at all really anymore. Um, and that's a whole other tangent I could get on. Um, but we want our students to be extremely well-educated. And that's what classical education is. Yeah. It is it is just something that, you know, as our founders um, of our country, of our great nation said, you know, it is essential. Um, it's essentially necessary to the preservation of our liberty to have a wonderful education for our students. Um, for our citizenry. Yeah. And that's what I strongly believe.
0: I love what you said when, uh, during my visit to the school. I remember you saying, we want our students to have a solid foundation and go deep versus really you know being introduced to a lot in a shallow way. And you said something, it was a little more eloquent than that, but it did make me realize like, oh yeah, this is, you know, I want, I want, that's what I want for my kids. I want them to go deep and understand their learning and understand the why behind their learning and to actually enjoy their learning, not to leave the classroom and, you know, oh, I made the grade and now I can forget all about it, which I do feel like, you know, I've had children my for a long time and I've seen them like, oh yeah, mama, I learned what I needed to learn for the test. And I'm like, Yeah, that is a shallow way to be engaged in your learning, you know, go deep and understand and be engaged with it. And that's really where I think the um, not only is the depth there for learning, but that's where the joy is too. you know, there's so much joy when children start understanding a little bit more, you know, the the underneath parts instead of just, I'm going to check the box. I know I've memorized enough to check the box to make the grade that sort of thing. Right.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. It's a beautiful thing to witness too. I mean, you know, I think that that's how I grew up. I grew up, I mean, I was an A student. I grew up, um, you know, I knew kind of how to pass the tests. I would do well. And then I'd forget it five seconds after I left the classroom. And that's what we don't want to happen. We, classical education is, it is teaching kids not what to think, but how to think for themselves. It's not about the facts, it's about the story. It's about the why. Like I was in a fourth grade classroom just yesterday and the fourth grade teacher was talking about, well, why do we do long division this way? Why do we do subtraction at this point? I mean, it's not just, let me teach them it's teaching them the background and the history of it. And who invented this yeah. at the end of the day? And how is this going to help you? I mean, it's going that deep so that it's not just a, oh, this is another thing that I have to check off. Um, right. It's really becoming a meaningful part of who they are.
0: I love that. I love it.
1: I'm backtracking a little bit.
0: I want to know how, how has it been to birth something? To the of this magnitude. How has it been birthing this? And I'm curious about the pushback, if there has been any pushback on, you know, sort of going, and, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's why I'm asking you the question. I, it seems a bit like um, there's a world out there in education of, you know, a, a, some sort of a momentum to run the classroom the way Somebody's telling us to run it or run schools, public schools in particular, the way that, you know, it's trickling down a lot more systems. I know for my own children being involved in uh, very different um, school systems along the way through their lower education, middle school and now in high school, I saw tons more systems being implemented that started pulling away actually from one, the joy of teaching, you know, I knew all of my kids' teachers by names. I saw the frustration in some of the things that they had to, you know, some of the things that were being layered in that they had to do. And then also, you know, my own children, like just with testing. And I know that that's a valuable part of the process. And though what it was beginning to do and what it made me realize was, I don't know that my children have a joy for learning because they're in preparation for you know, some sort of state test. Um, I'm curious. So it's a two-part, sort of a two-part question. How has it been to birth this incredible place? And has there been any pushback? Because it is so different.
1: It's been... <laughs> special to say <laughs> the least, is i tell people um starting a school this magnitude and and when we started um it was we had 431 students our first year um and this year our second year we have um, 645 students wow and starting the school it was one of the worst most horrific most beautiful monumental Um, satisfactory, incredible things I've ever done. So you have this kind of like, it was horrible and terrible and so painful, um, but it was so beautiful and so worthwhile to see um, these students now. So that was that, you know, and that is, it was two and a half years of me pouring my life out, um, you know, just writing our application alone because, you know, and I don't think I mentioned this, but we're tuition free. So This is like a $20,000 a year school. We're completely free because we're a charter school. So we're publicly funded and privately run. And so we get to have our own curriculum, et cetera. But, um, and I can get more into that in a second, but, what we have, you know, it didn't just happen. You know, we're not a manager. We don't have a management company. This isn't just a plug and play. This happened with so many thousands and thousands and thousands of hours and so many people along the way um, because I couldn't do this by myself. So it was really um, a learning experience, a growing experience for me personally, professionally, and just stretched me in ways that I have never thought would be possible. Yeah. Pause right results, there and
0: just yes. take us down. The, will you take us down the road of what you did, the long road to get <laughs> oh to get goodness. to this conversation? So you're saying, and, and I love it. Isn't it amazing how most things that matter in life are horrible and beautiful? Yes. A- and, and isn't it interesting too, that we were actually made to be able to handle both of those at the same time. The the absolute sheer horror, you know, of the stretching and the growth or the breakdown or the challenge. And then also in the very same breath, it's like, and it is so worth it. And this is so beautiful. And I'm gonna keep doing it, even though it's horrible. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Take well, us down the take us down the road. The road. Okay, so yeah, so- for, for anybody out there listening that is like game on, I'm ready to start a school. Lindsay's going to tell us how to do it.
1: I will tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, so, you know, eight years ago, we're like, Oh, this is cute. We'll start a school. This is adorable. You know, (laughs) you think like a, what, like some people when they're, when I would tell them what I was doing, Oh yeah. What do you do, Lindsay? What do you do for a living? Meanwhile, I don't get paid for this. I, I, I am not collected a dime. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm starting a school. You work for a school. No, you're the principal of school. No, you like a teacher. I, no, I'm starting a school, so they just didn't even understand. And again, they think of like a one room, like red schoolhouse. Like, no, 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 no. We're talking big. We're talking huge. We're going to have about 1,200 students by the time we're K through 12. So this is this is a big, a huge magnitude of um, an educational resource here in Jacksonville. So, um, but so I decided. So it was uh, January of 2018. And my daughter was, I think she was in K-4 at the time. So VPK or maybe in the threes, she was in the threes. And my husband and I thought, gosh, we kindergarten's fast approaching. We need to get on this. Like enough playing around. We've been talking about this for years. We got to get on this. So I'm a former recruiter. I've done a lot of different things. I started out in politics and grassroots mobilization and moved into sales and recruiting. And so I put on my recruiting hat and I thought, I'm going to go recruit people that want this same thing in Jacksonville. Well, it turns out there's a lot of people that don't want to do a lot of free labor for <laughs> something that may or may not even happen. Cause, you know, looking back, our, um, our percentage, like our, our success rate probably, I would say was maybe 10%. I didn't know that at the time. And it was good that I didn't know that. I just had my rose-colored glasses on. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And, you know, I knew that it was going to be hard, but I didn't know it was going to be this hard. So I I found my husband and I, um, uh, you know, we were two board members, but I found eight other unsuspecting people. <laughs> that I got. I'm like, I'm the Pied Piper. I'm like, come on, let's come do this. Let's start a school. And, and they were great. And we'd have board meetings once a month. And I remember I went to Office Depot and I got a whole bunch of, um, you know, just little, little folders for everybody. And I created a little agenda for everybody for our first board meeting. We came around, we sat around my kitchen table and we thought, okay, well, what I remember asking, like, what is our school going to be about? What do you want our mission to be? What should, what should our vision be? What should our motto be? And, uh, let's all talk about this. So that was kind of the first, that was in um, the summer of 2018 after I got all these unsuspecting people to come join. And, um, uh, and so that's how kind of it started, um, the whole kind of concept started and it really started coming together. And with, you know, some of those people, they were integral in the founding of the school without them, it would have never happened. Cause like I said, I, David and I, we could not have do it, done it ourselves. There was just way too much work, um, and way too much specialty, um, special, specialized areas that we just didn't have the experience in like financial, the financial piece and, um, just education in general. We didn't have that, but we have the, we had the passion and desire, uh, which I think is probably 90% of a good leaders. Um, uh, you know, their, their whole outlook. If you have that, you can find other people. If you have a good vision, you find other people that can help fill in your gaps, Mm -hmm. um, where you're not strong. They can be. So we started by writing a 462 page application and just a, just a
0: little, you know, a little something to do over a cup of coffee, huh? How many, how many pages again? So I can 462, 462, just so I can talk to my children about, you know, Hey, listen, (laughs) you're not writing a 462 paper tonight. You're writing a two page paper. Exactly. No complaining. I don't want to
1: hear complaining. I'm teasing, but that was was the first thing.
0: (laughs) 462 pages.
1: Yes. And, you know, in that time, we are uh, starting to do marketing and we're trying to reach out to parents and we're getting um, parents all across the district and in Jacksonville, the Jacksonville area. So not just in Duval County, but elsewhere to uh, sign petitions. Hey, we want this school. I would, we would go to libraries. We would go, you know, the little story hours for for VPK um, students or, you know, preschool students we would go to churches. Anywhere we could find, we would just have little petitions that you could sign, and then we would add those to our our um, you know database. So I think we had probably about 350 signatures or something uh, by the end. We started doing parent information sessions. So me and um, one of our founders, Liz, we would just uh, we would. We were the ones that hosted them. And I would talk about kind of the founding. She would; she was a, um, a teacher. And so she would talk about kind of more the educational side. And we would say, hey, we're going to be opening in 2020. You know, spread the word. And this is how you can help. And, and we would rent space at the library. Um, so I would I would, you know, book the library. We would rent those spaces. We created a presentation to talk about the school and, you know, our curriculum and our mission and our vision. And in that time, we created a mission. We created a vision statement. We created a motto. We had our bylaws. We um, filed for our 501c3. I mean, all those things are going on behind the scenes. And so you're just seeing this, oh, we're starting a school. But so many things are happening elsewhere. Um, So we write this application. And I mean, this application, it's, I mean, it's brutal. It is really. who's um, Who's the recipient? So the recipient is your authorizer, which are in the state of Florida, your authorizer is, um, the Duval County public schools. Okay. So it's your County. That's who you were sending this to. Yes. Yeah. And then there were all these different sections, um, about the curriculum and your purpose and you know, how, what's your five-year budget and all these things that, um, had to be in that application. So we are scrambling, we're working on it 24 seven, all of the board members, they, we kind of all split it up. But then when we brought it all together, you know, there's different styles of writing and then, you know, we had to, so I'm, I'm kind of going over re, you know, writing, editing, making mm-hmm. sure that it's all cohesive. So, uh, we finished the application. It was, it's applications are due February 1st of every year. Um, and We finished the application on January 31st. We thought, (laughs) right at like midnight, we like send it to FedEx because you have to. We have to. You have to copy. Have five physical copies of the, or at least then I don't know if it's changed, but we we had to five copies of this application, and then you had to have it on a USB as well. So we get it sent to FedEx and. At 6 a.m. the next morning, I hear from one of our board members, oh my goodness, Lindsay, we forgot to put this one section in it. It was our 501c3 application. We did not put it in there. And I'm panicking because we have to get the whole thing. We have to splice that in. We have to get it reprinted. And I'm thinking, is there enough time? It was due at 5 p.m. that day. So I call up my sister because my Adobe... Uh, suite did not allow me to do it. I call my sister, who's a graphic designer. <laughs> Mm. I say, Ann's late. This is like at seven in the morning. She's not a morning person. I'm like, like, you have to come help us. This is for the entire like This this is for the whole school. This is for your niece's education and so many others. So she comes over. She's showing me how to do it. She has a meeting. So she just drops her computer and and runs. I splice it. I'm freaking out. Uh, My daughter, my one-year-old at the time, also has a stomach flu. She's literally like throwing up, right? And I'm like, Lord, this this is satanic. Like, Lord, you have got to do this you have got to do this. And, um, but in that, during that day, I mean, I was just a nervous wreck. It was, I call FedEx. They can't do it because they have all these other projects. And I said, listen, this is this, we have to get this done. I convinced them to bump up our project. They do it. We pick it up. We have to put it in the binders then. And anyways, it was, it was crazy. So we give it to David. Somehow what I
0: love (laughs) is that I mean, I'm like on the edge of my seat and I've heard the story before, you know, but it's like, it really, you just, you just shared everything the way it goes. Like the things that we're most passionate about, I don't know. I think I'm organized and I'm like driven to make it happen. And I don't, I mean, it doesn't matter. It is usually down to the wire. Something gets in the way. You're like, uh uh-uh, uh, nothing is getting in my way. We are going to do this. And it's like, call in all the neighbors, all the extra all people, the all favors. the family. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I've been building up. So I, so I, for a moment like this.
1: So, right. yeah. So it happened and you got it, it in, like in, got it in. David's <laughs> racing in his truck. He's racing to bring it down. We got it in within an hour and 25 uh-uh. minutes to spare. Uh uh-uh. uh. All these many months that we work out, an hour and 25 minutes, I'm like, oh, break out the champagne. I mean, let's do this. I'm still really? nervous. I, I can't go to sleep. I mean, I'm just, you know, running on, you know, as I've always said in this process, refried dreams. It's yeah. just like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I feel like I have run a marathon at this point. And I thought at that point, this will be the hardest part. We've gotten through it. This yeah. is great. Oh, it's yeah. all smooth sailing, right? Psh- that was like the easiest part. Right. That was I'm the sure. Part. It was, uh, it was, it was crazy from there. Um, what so was the we, waiting?
0: How how long was the wait before you heard back? I mean, really like, and I do get that, that that was the easy part. Cause you had a, you had a mountain with no top in front of you, but that was a huge reason to, you know, to kind of acknowledge yourselves and have a glass celebrate. of champagne and celebrate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what was the time frame and when you heard? And then take us through what the next steps
1: were. So we heard back that, so what, what you do after you submit your application is you go to a, your applicant interview. So that's when you have about 15 to 20 members of the district that specialize in a certain area of the application. And then they come drill you on the application. They're basically seeing if, if they want to partner with you. If they want to partner with you and if they think that the, you are legitimate enough yeah. to actually run a school, which I appreciate because there, there are a lot of people out there that should never run charter schools. Yeah. They just should not. And I, I get it at this point. I thought it was really annoying going through it, but now seeing the how big of a deal this is and how so many children's, their educational futures are at stake, their lives are at stake here, um, it's it's really important that it's it's hard. So, um, in that time too, I'm meeting with school, trying to meet with as many school board members as, as I can, and that will be willing to meet with me. So I met with probably about half of them that were willing to meet. They were all... You know, very gracious. I will say, we needed seven out. Uh, we needed four out of seven votes. Um, those are all the elected school board members, and we uh, needed those to approve our charter. And a charter is essentially that's just the application that you've written and the contract with your authorizer, of the district. That's why it's called a charter school. It's, it's essentially the avenue of how you get the funding from the state of Florida um, to your school so that it can be tuition free yeah so we so we, we wait go, pause co- just a sec.
0: will you say that sure. again because that is i think when i and and side note i started looking into a lot of options specifically for my daughter last year and that's a whole nother story what we ended up doing um and though i think that this is so important for people who are like i don't even understand what a charter school is What does that word mean? You just said it so well. Will you say it one more time? A charter
1: school is the avenue in how? Yes. So what a charter school is, it's uh, publicly funded. Right. But it's privately run. So instead of having, instead of going over to the district's office on the river uh, we have our own internal everything. So our own IT systems, our own lunch vendor, like you name it, we have everything internal. And so your charter, what you write in your application, and then you're you're basically uh, given a contract, which you negotiate with the district on. And that becomes the avenue for you to get and receive funding from this, st- mostly from the state of Florida. And we get about seven thousand dollars per student for the, from the state of Florida. We get a couple hundred dollars per student from the district from Duval County Public Schools for every single student. Now, the regular public schools they get about they get a lot more money from the district, um, even though we are held to the same standards. We have testing and all those things, although we're not testing focused, but we have all those requirements that we still have to do. All those compliance items, which are really a bear. And really difficult because there's so much going on in the school just in general. A regular public school, they don't have to take care of that because the district's office and all their staff takes care of it. So we have to be run like a lean, mean machine. And that's what we've built here, uh, which is really great. I mean, I love efficiency. I hate wasting money. And I do not want to waste taxpayer dollars mm-hmm. and we have, we do not waste money here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I started this school on a shoestring budget and, <sighs> um, and I pinched pennies and I did everything that I could in house. And that's how we, we try to operate. Um, I don't want to be penny, pa- penny wise and pound foolish, but I also really, really want to make sure that we're not, uh, wasting money. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, so good. That's great for people who, you know, have a, honestly, it was something that I never, I never even heard of it. I guess I, you know, I I didn't have any interest in or any care rather. I didn't have any care about different types of schools until I became a parent. And same as you, you know, then, then when you know that you're what you want for your kids and their education, you start looking into what the options are. So thank you for sharing that in a little more detail. What, tell everybody and share with me too. What were the next steps after? So, application done, votes done. Um, I mean, you still don't even have you don't have a building or anything, do you?
1: We didn't. <laughs> um, so we so so we do the application. We go to this applicant interview. We're drilled for ninety minutes, and it was really. Really special, brutal at that point too. It was brutal, yeah. it was brutal. And um, you know, we have all the. Anyways, that was a. I felt like it was kind of a movie scene because we had all our lawyer and we had builders and we had you know our accounting firm that we were going to use all that stuff. So we barely. There's a score that they give you. We barely passed. I mean, it, I mean, we passed but you know, C's get degrees. So I thought, yeah. I don't care. We we made it. We're fine. So it, then it had to go to the school board. They unanimously approved us. We got seven out of the seven votes, which I didn't know how it was going to go. Uh, we got all seven votes. It was amazing wow. and was so excited. I mean, I was, you know, crying tears of joy. I just, it was so incredible. What a, a great night that was. Um, but Again, that was was not the hardest part. So we then had to find, like you were saying, uh, like where are we going to put the school? I mean, sure, you have this charter and you can do it, but where are you going to put the school? So we had to find property. And we searched high and low, as you can imagine, and this was, you know, in 2019, the prices were starting to go up, not like it is now, Mm -hmm. but the prices were starting to go up and we couldn't find, you know, you need a, uh, for 1,200 students on a campus, you need a pretty significant campus. Uh, We started as K through six, so we didn't need as much space, but you don't want to have to move or, or anything. Most charter schools, first year charters, they will start in a little... Office suite or a little strip mall or, or something like that. So they'll have it, you know, where they just kind of, it's like kind of a hodgepodge and they'll do that for maybe four or five years until they can get an investor to come in or somebody to donate, a, you know, the property, of building or an investor to come in and invest um, in your school. I, um,
0: I just, I, wait, wait, I, wait. I have a feeling yes.
1: that that was, you had a little bit of a bigger vision. I was like, we're not going to do that. I don't want to move. I mean, selfishly. I'm like, I don't want to have to go do I want a strip work. mall. I, want, no, I, I need... want the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I <laughs> go in to, uh, we had a broker who was great and told me about this property. And he said, well, what about look at this? This was a church and I had been to the church quite a few times. I had, um, been in, uh, shows, Youthquake Live, and we've done shows in in this building. And um I I really, I felt called to go to my Panamanian mission trip here. And th- so I had um, my baccalaureate ceremony here when I graduated um, from Fletcher. So wow. there, was a, there were a lot of, like, there was history yeah. here. I felt very comfortable kind of coming back. um And, and we, just
0: to be clear, when you're saying here, you're saying right now where, where we're having this conversation from like where you are. Yeah. Which is like, that is so powerful. You had all these things going on and you had no idea as a kid that you were going to, you were going to end right back up right here in the same spot with the school. What was
1: crazy. It was, you know, I moved away for 12 years and you know when we were ha- when we decided to have children we we moved back to uh Florida um my husband's from Texas moved to Florida for him mm. and we wanted to raise our kids here in su- in a place where really you know we were surrounded by more like-minded people um here than in the DC area and so when I came back and, and and actually my mom reminded me of this, she says, didn't you have your baccalaureate ceremony when we closed on the property? Didn't you have your baccalaureate ceremony right here? And I thought, oh my gosh, we did. And then it was crazy because I have two pictures on my dresser, one of my, my wedding photo, and one is this picture of me and my two best friends from high school in our caps and gowns. And it was it was literally, it's been on my dresser for almost, for 20 years, right? Wow. For 20 years. And it is in front of the very building that we're in that, that we have this school at 20 years. I've been looking at our school almost every single day. Lindsay. Every, and I was like, this is, this is meant to be, mm. I mean, I don't, this is just the craziest thing. And I have not even put two and two together. So we, so we have the, we have this property identified. We have, uh, there's only a handful of investors that will want to invest in an unrated school with no students. I mean, we we had just a vision. We're like, oh, we want to start a school. Let's do this. We have the charter now. We just need the money so we could buy the property. Because um, heaven knows, I you know, we didn't have the 16.9 million dollars that it would take. Um, and and to, and backing up too, I just do want to point out that it costs a lot of money just to get to this point. Oh, sure. Um,
0: in, to get in all this. these,
1: yeah, get all these people. To, right. To look, to, yeah, to investigate For the properties, all that. Yeah, right. exactly. The marketing expenses, the legal expenses, like all these things that we had no idea about. We thankfully, we had, uh, we got connected with a person who shared a love of classical education and wanting to see it in Jacksonville. And this person took a risk, totally anonymous, didn't want any accolades, a risk before we were even approved as a 501c3. And um, she, is one of the people that if it wasn't for her giving us donating money, uh, we would never exist because we thought, oh, th- we'll just pull all our money and it'll be yeah. fine. We'll all put in, you know, a hundred, 200 bucks. No, it, we probably spent um, almost $200,000 just on the, in the startup of, because we didn't get funding until a month before we actually open. So before that we don't get any money. I mean, it's just up to, you know, whatever you can whatever you can have. So anyways, but I digress. Um, so we, there's a handful of, of investors. And so these investors are, you know, they, they come down and they, you know, they take a tour. We had two investors that wanted to invest in us, which we were so over the moon about. We were so, we were so excited. Um, that was a whole other story is, um, we, I had a, um, you know, we, we moved it forward, but you know, the pandemic started,
0: Oh, um, yeah. It was
1: March of 2020. Yeah. So it was kind of that, a tail that end. Little, that that little challenge. <laughs>
0: yes. That slight shift in the in so, the world.
1: Right. In, the midst
0: of, in the midst of creating your vision to change the world, we, we
1: right. were hit with a global pandemic. Right. So December of 2019, we start working on trying to get this bond and we start trying to get an investor and in probably April roll, I would say. No, I guess it was, uh, February. We had a couple investors come, they wanted to invest in us and we were just very honored. We, we picked one of them. Um, the one, um, that we picked, I just, I had a real sense of peace about, I just thought this, this is, these are our people. And they really, not only, you know, obviously they want to make money, but they, they also really believed in what we were doing, which mm-hmm. was just incredible. And somebody that I really felt um, like we we really connected on kind of a, a deeper level. So they they wanted to invest in us, but then the, then the shutdown happened and I didn't know what was going to happen. The other investor, they ended up, I mean, praise God, we didn't invest with them uh, or we didn't pick them because they were offloading $300 million worth every day of bonds like we would have had. And, or that we have now. So they were just trying to get rid of them, rid of the every single day. And it was just by sheer miracle that we picked this other investor that really, you know, believed wholeheartedly in us. Mm. And so we closed two weeks into the shutdown. I'm on the phone listening to these people. I mean, they're all So over wait, and when you Go say ahead.
0: close, you closed on the
1: deal. On the deal. You closed on the deal, on the deal. The deal. And two weeks Before the yeah, Yeah. after the shutdown. After after, so it was March thirty first of twenty twenty. So we have people in New York in Connecticut, all over Florida, we have them like we have so many att- I don't even know how many attorneys were working on this deal. So many, I don't even want to know. There were so many. <laughs> and so we we not only closed on the bond that day, but so we the wires were released, I'm on the phone, uh 16.9 million dollars was released. We closed on the property the same day. Everything happens that same day. So it's like wrapped in a little tidy bow. We're having not uh, me and uh who now he's the treasurer but it was the f- finance guy. Uh, we're having 6 a.m. standing calls for like two months, right? Leading up to this. We're, you know, Trying to work every angle, trying to get this done. It was amazing. It was crazy. We're living on, you know, adrenaline at this point. I mean, and a, pan, a pandemic wasn't going to stand <laughs> do, in your I way. No way. No way. We're like, no, we're going to make this happen. Gosh. Meanwhile, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I, I like, is this going to happen? I don't know what's happening in the world. This is something totally out of our control. Mm-hmm. What's our investor going to think? I mean, do they even want to make any more investments? I mean, it would, you know, everybody was very, you know, scared and nervous and, uh, and rightly so. Yeah. So we close on it. I'm, I'm on the phone listening to, you know, our, our, um, our trustee saying, you know, the wires have been released. Everything's done. Everything's closed up. I'm, bawling. I'm muting myself. I'm bawling. And I, I unmuted myself and just really composed myself enough to say, thank you so much to everyone, uh, for this. This is like, you know, this is so incredible. And I muted myself. And I start crying again because it was just so, <laughs> um, it, it was such a dream come true. And I thought this is, this is going to be the, the, the catalyst here that really gets us to the end, yeah. um, that we can, uh, open so that's that was kind of the next step and everything was getting the property and then you know after we got the property then it's uh gutting it um, it's dealing with the pandemic where you know everything was on back order so we're working with our builder we're working with our architect all that stuff was just absolutely insane because we're trying to do this when Nobody's working. You know, oh, we have COVID. We we have to shut down. Oh, we have our steel beams were on back order because the steel beams factory wouldn't um they they shut down because they had too many COVID cases. So we had uh, a twenty about a twenty five thousand dollars twenty-five thousand square foot building and we double decked it to become about a fifty thousand square foot building. So we needed to double deck it. We needed to add a second story, and it was just uh and the world it was, was shutting down. Was shutting the world. down and and
0: everything had been approved at the same time. Yes. It's yes. Uh Lindsay, I feel like I have to like grab you and make you realize everything that you're and I know you have had moments where you're like, I really can't believe it. But
1: it I just acknowledge you. Well, thank you. It was um, I always call us a miracle school because we should not have existed. I mean time and time again there were so many points where I just thought, "Lord, what are you doing?" I mean, is this just some crazy foolish thing that I thought you wanted me to do? And um and it just, you know, it's it's practically broken me. It has in moments. Um but I just kept pressing on knowing like I I mean I had prayed at the beginning if you want me to do this, God, and I don't want to, because I, I know this is going to be an uphill battle, then just keep opening doors. Mm. Just keep doing it. And if you don't want me to, just stop it. Yeah. And every single time, and this is me working, you know, seven days a week, 80 hours to 90 hours a week, every single time he kept opening doors. So I thought, okay, I mean, we closed on a bond two weeks <laughs> into the shutdown. Well, I guess this, this thing is happening now. It's um, unreal
0: it's it been, really uh, is. It's been a wild ride i you know i i hate to i i could i want to keep hearing the story um, i feel like we haven't even gotten into the classroom yet which is such a huge part of the story it's such a huge part of actually it's what's happening right now you know just the 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 miraculous classroom of cornerstone and um so i want us to stop right here and I'm I'm going to ask you: Are you willing to come back for part two and share Absolutely. inside inside a little bit more? I think because um, I'm sort of on the edge of my seat with kind of the wrap up of the building and coming, not necessarily out of the pandemic, but you know, a lot of construction and great things I know had to happen and getting that up and running through the pandemic, and then as Florida began to open up more in Jacksonville in particular, and um. And then getting students inside the classroom, and specifically, what I want to talk—I want you to talk about—is um, yeah, the culture, the day to day, what these kids, you know, and the, the real impact that is happening, you know, in the classroom. And I think that part of what I'd love for you to share in part two, and also I feel like listeners are going to want to hear it as well, is just the the teacher. You know the teacher that showed up, and it's the teachers. There's so many incredible teachers who are, and I spoke with some of them. You know they love, they love their jobs. They love what they're teaching. Um, it was a rocky start. I know year one was rocky, and it and um, it also is. You know I think it's such an important part of the of the classroom story. You know to share not only the impact of what's occurring in the lives of these kids. But who is being used, you know, the, the teachers who have shown up. And um, a lot of them, I feel like, and from the few conversations that I had with some of them, they, they had to unlearn a way of teaching and, and learn, a, you know, a different way. But their ability now to express themselves and share from this classical platform, I saw it firsthand. You know, children across the room, 15 kids raising their hand to be first to answer the question and sharing, you know, so beautifully at such a, you know, young age all the way up through, I think I saw through seventh grade, you know, when I was there, um, just the what's working and it, it it's, um, I know your voice would matter a lot more than mine. So come back for part two. Okay.
1: I'd I'd love to. I'd I'd love it.
0: Okay, my friend. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you so much, Mary Lynn. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today on One Creative Act. I hope this conversation has you imagining what's possible to move in the direction of the creativity you have and to take action to ignite it. I hope you're inspired and recognize that you too have been born with an adventure only you can create. If you enjoyed this conversation, hit the subscribe or follow button, write a review or share it with a friend and connect with us on Instagram at One Creative Act. Share what you loved about this episode on your Instagram story and tag us. New episodes drop every Thursday, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I can't wait to create again together.